Radio. Our first reading this weekend is taken from the prophet Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was prophesying during a dark moment in the history of the people of Israel. Because it was a moment when the kingdom of David, that had united all the tribes, was coming to an end. And in fact, the high-ranking priests and the king himself had been put into exile. And at this dark moment of history, Ezekiel gives a message of hope. He provides us with this image of God planting a cedar tree which will grow up and which will bear fruit, a tree under which all different kinds of birds shall dwell and be safe. He's prophesying, in other words, about the restoration of the kingdom. Yes, the kingdom is coming to an end, but one day the kingdom will be restored. And what's he talking about when he talks about a kingdom? What's his prophecy about? Well, the kingdom for us is the church. The church, when you think about it, is a kingdom which is meant to embrace birds of every kind. That stands for Gentiles and Jews alike. People of all the nations are called into the church. The church isn't just a national kingdom. The church is an international kingdom. It crosses all the boundaries of race and nationality, even crosses the boundaries of time. We speak about the church triumphant in heaven, as well as the church on earth, which is still on pilgrimage. So we are promised that this kingdom of David will be fulfilled somehow in this kingdom, which we know as the church. And the gospel speaks about the growth of this kingdom. And it uses this agricultural image again. So we have the idea of this seed which is sprouting while this man sleeps. And he doesn't know how it's growing, but it is growing nevertheless. So the way that God grows the church is down to not our power, not to our skill, our talent, but to the divine power. And that's very clear in the way that the church started. When you think about it, Jesus chose 12 very ordinary men, sinful, frail men, many of them uneducated, and there was only 12 of them. And from that 12 today, we have 1.3 billion Catholics, according to the latest count. And the only reason that that's possible, and the only reason that the church survives till today, that it hasn't collapsed under the ineptitude of various leaders through its own sins. The only reason it's still around is because, of course, it's Jesus' church. It's God's church. He makes it grow. He's the one who keeps it in being. And God's grace is always a bit invisible to us. We don't get to see it and how it's working all the time. It's very mysterious how God's grace works. And that extends to the fruits of our efforts as Catholic Christians. You know, we might very well wonder, you know, if we've been praying perhaps for a long time uh, for something, what's going on? Is God listening to my prayers? Is God answering my prayers? We don't usually get to see 
the fruits of our efforts. And St. Paul says in that second reading, we go by faith and not by sight. In other words, we trust that all of our prayers, all of our sacrifices, all of our good deeds are not a waste of time. That in fact they do bear fruit, even if we don't get to see that fruit. So why does God not maybe allow us to see the fruits of everything we do? Well, for one thing, maybe our head wouldn't go through the door at the back of church if we knew about what we did. If we knew the fruits of our efforts, maybe we'd get prideful and go start slapping ourselves in the back and saying, well done, well done, we've, we've done well there. Another one in the bag, another convert that we've made. But sometimes God does give us a glimpse. And sometimes God even uses things we didn't intend to bring people to him. I'm reminded of a story a priest gave about a homily he once preached. And afterwards the lady came up to him and said, Father, I just want you to know that homily touched me profoundly. I think it's changed my life. And the priest, out of curiosity, asked the woman, which part of the homily in particular was it? Which was the bit that really touched you? And she said, I think it was when you said, that's the end of the first part, now on to the second part. <laughs> so that was just obviously a movement from one theme to another. It's something trivial. It wasn't something the priest crafted. It wasn't something profound and insight that he shared. But God had used this very innocent, trivial statement to touch this woman. And that's what God is doing all the time. He's using us as his willing instruments to touch the lives of others, to break through into people's hearts. And God is always knocking at the door of every human heart. But so often they're locked against him. And even God won't violate that freedom that we have. Even God won't overpower us and march into our hearts because God, as some people have put it, is a gentleman. God is someone who tries to woo us. God is someone who tries to encourage us to open the door of our hearts so that he can enter in. But I think we can get preoccupied with what we do see. You know, St. Paul says we go by faith, not by sight. But certainly what we do see by sight is not always encouraging. We, say we see many unpleasant things happening throughout the world. We see bad fruits and somehow we notice that more than everything else. And I think that's because of the evil one, the devil. He constantly wants to make us notice what's not working. He wants us to say to ourselves, what's the point? Why bother? You know, why bother with all these prayers? Why bother trying to be a good Catholic? Why bother keeping the commandments? It's no good. It doesn't do anything. That's the way that the evil one speaks to us. But our God is a God of encouragement. Our God is one who takes what seem like failures and turns them into amazing successes. Think, for example, of the crucifixion. A moment where they must have thought, 
Oh my goodness, everything we have been hoping for over these past years, everything that we hoped for about the Messiah, about the freedom that he would bring to all of us, it all seems now like a lie. It all seems like a dismal failure. But that tree of the cross, of course, becomes the tree of life. Jesus turns it on its head. St. Paul also says, for all the truth about us will be brought out in the law court of Christ. And each of us will get what he deserves for the things he did in the body, good or bad. Now, there might be some of that statement that frightens us because we think, well, I've done a few bad things in my time. I don't fancy that coming out into the law court of Christ. But there's a positive way to look at that too because everything we do matters. Every prayer we make, every good deed that we do for another, every little thing that we do for God is not forgotten. It's all noticed. And the wonderful truth is that it will bear fruit even if we don't see the fruit ourselves. I've lost count of the amount of people I've spoken to who've said that the reason that they're there coming and wanting to know more about the faith, wanting maybe to become a Catholic, is because they had a grandmother or a granddad or someone who was praying for them for years and maybe has passed away. They said it was their example and I think their prayers that have brought me to this moment, that have opened the doors of my heart to God's grace. That's the wonderful thing about all that we do. It has wonderful ripple effects that we can't even imagine, that we can't often see. And one day when we go into that law court of Christ, we will see the fruits that we have borne by our sacrifice and by our prayers. We will see the results of all those candles that we lit every time we came to church, of all those prayers we said with our children before bedtime. Maybe the most surprising thing will be seeing the fruits of those prayers we did when we really didn't feel like it. Those times we went to church when we much, much rather have stayed in bed. I think we will see the fruits of those actions because they're the most precious of all. When there's nothing in it for me, when it's not easy for me to do, and yet I say to the Lord, yes, Lord, I love you and I want to do this for you. That will be a beautiful revelation when we meet Jesus Christ face to face. All the good that we've done with all the little things that we did. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.